This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey, everyone. Here's what's happening. First, I'm doing this by myself because Karen and Don, they have their things packed up. Um, they've had to evacuate once due to fires out in the Pacific Northwest, and um, they're, they were able to come back home, but now they're on standby. So... Please be praying, um, guys, for everybody out in the Northwest. Karen's uh, Karen's computer is currently packed, and her microphone and her photo albums and all of those things. Um, so do be do be praying for everybody out there. Lots of destruction out there. And next, um, thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. You guys, you help make this show possible, and we really appreciate you. And thanks so much to our September sponsor of the month, Wendy L. McDonald. Um, Wendy is a writer, yes, but she also produces a weekly short inspirational podcast called Walking with Hope for HopeStreamRadio.com. And so you can check it out. It's HopeStreamRadio.com. And her show is Walking with Hope. Thank you, Wendy. And now, here's the show. Hello, listeners. Welcome into the deep with us today. We have a guest, Christy Johnson, and I'm going to let Erin introduce her. I know. Yay me. I get to do an introduction. That's because I've (laughs) known Christy for so long. Oh, my goodness. I think we met at our very first writing conference. I know it was my first writing conference. I think it might have been Christy's, too. And that was like lots of years ago. And so I'm delighted to have her with me today and with Karen. Christy Johnson is an author. A popular national speaker, a relationship and soul health coach, and the executive director of Living Soul. She's appeared on numerous radio and TV programs, and her first book, Love Junkies, and the video series that she created with it are used in hundreds of small group discipleship groups, and they're nationwide in churches, maternity homes, prison ministries, and drug rehab facilities. And her YouVersion Bible plan for Love Junkies has over a hundred and 70,000 downloads. Christy is all about freeing and empowering women to find hope and strength in the aftermath of betrayal and brokenness caused by abuse and toxic relationships. And uh, Christy's most recent book is Free Looks Good on You, Healing the Soul Wounds of Toxic Love. And we're going to be talking a bit more about that as the show goes on because getting that book published (laughs) to publication has been one heck of a trial. So Christy, (laughs) thank you for coming on the show. We're delighted to have you here today. Thank you for having me, Erin and Karen. And thank you for reminding me how we met, Erin. It seems like a lifetime ago (laughs) (laughs) that I wandered into my very first writer's conference and, and discovered that I didn't know that I didn't know how to write. <laughs> this is the discovery we all make at our first I writing conference. Those discoveries keep me employed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, Christy, what does the deep mean to you? Oh, that is a really deep question, Erin. <laughs> I'm jumping in right away. There you go. I I think for me, it means that the more 
vulnerable and transparent I am about what I really, really think, the more I'm going to connect with my reader. If I can't drill down and really get connected with my my deepest fears, my deepest uh, insecurities, and uh, write in such a way that I'm transparent about those, I'm not going to give my reader permission to feel that deep. So the deeper I go, the deeper I'm going to connect with my reader, and then she's going to feel like, oh, wow, I'm not alone. I thought I was the only one that felt this way. And now there's hope for me because somebody else has felt this way and found a way out of the mess. So (laughs) the more transparent and vulnerable I am, the deeper I go into my emotional abyss, (laughs) the more I'm going to connect with my reader and give her a promise of, you know, there's hope for me. I can recover from this mess. Right. That's really good. You know, so often uh, when I'm teaching or mentoring writers, I encourage them to be more vulnerable. We we like to write about difficult things, but too often authors take a step back and write from a place of safety. And I tell them that the only way to get to the heart of your readers and help to change their lives or grant them a deeper understanding is to be vulnerable, to take away those layers of self-protection and just tell the story that God wants you to tell. So very good. Right. Very you know well what? Said. I, I'll tell you, Christy, that's one of my favorite things about you is that you're very open about those the difficulties you've had in your life and the the mistakes and the traumas and the trials. And I, I do think that's why your books connect with readers and your ministry connects with women is because of that deepness and that openness. I, I don't see... Authenticity. Yeah, and I don't see a lot of authors getting there. I mean, they do, but you're just one of the people that I, I think is very authentic. Well, and I think it's because a lot of times we feel like we want to reach more people, but we can't reach everyone. And the more we narrow our audience and our focus and quit worrying about trying to, to reach everyone. But but what I love is that we can share from those deep, vulnerable places when we've mm-hmm. been completely set free. Like the woman at the well, she hid from every woman in town because she was so ashamed of her lifestyle. But once she saw herself like Christ saw her, Mm. the shame was completely gone. And she became a credible witness because the past was gone. And until we get to that place in our writing where we're no longer ashamed about our past because it is the old us, it's the old me, then we can be completely authentic about what we've been through because we don't have anything to hide anymore. And that's what really connects us with our readers is not trying to hide anything, not trying to be, you know, not politically correct, but spiritually correct, you know, and sounding like we're trying to reach everyone when really we're trying to reach, you know, a very specific target. My husband, Don, and I were just talking about this yesterday morning while we were uh, drinking coffee. And I was telling him that, you know, thank God for grace and that we live in a state of grace covered by the blood of Christ. Because if, if we, went before him in all our imperfections and we didn't have that covering of grace, holy cow, we'd be in major trouble. But I told him, I said, you know, I've learned 
I will continue to disappoint God. I will continue to do and say the wrong thing. But because I have that covering of grace, as long as I am repentant and as long as I continue to try to be a better reflection of him, I don't have to worry. And and, and that's a freedom to know that you can be wrong and you can be mistaken and right. you can be a flat out twit. And and it, it's okay <laughs> so long as you come to him with a heart of repentance for it. Right. Um, that right. is freeing indeed. Yes. So yes. so out of that spirit of authenticity and sharing everything good, bad, and in between that happens, tell us about the challenges you faced in getting this book published. Okay. There were so many. Where shall I start? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I did have an agent for this book. And initially, when I pitched a book idea to him at a conference, I wanted to write a book about manipulation and control. And I had called it controlled no more, you know, removing the mask of manipulation. And he's like, ah, that's kind of a small niche market. What else you got? (laughs) I was like, like, frozen in my tracks, but I said, well, I always wanted to write a book about my forgiveness journey. Um, But, you know, I didn't know if people would want to read through my story because I'm not like a name brand author, but I started telling him about my journey through forgiveness. And he was pretty interested because his wife had previously been married to a man who was a serial adulterer and she had never been completely able to forgive him. So he was pretty invested in this forgiveness idea. And he goes, what about a book called Forgiving Men? And I was like, yeah, I am so on that. (laughs) But the deeper I got into this project, my editor was like, no, that title is not going to (laughs) work. She said, you haven't pegged the deeper felt need of your audience. And the women a lot of times that really need to forgive, they don't really want to forgive yet. They're still angry. So she said, the anger and resentment, the bitterness is the surface issue. What is the deeper felt need? And honestly, Karen, that took me a couple of months to really drill down and and dive deep and to try to figure out what was the deeper felt need? What was the thing that was missing? What was the thing that kept my women up at night? And through a lot of reflection and 40 titles later, (laughs) (laughs) I really discovered that what was missing was the freedom. And so that became the new title, Free Looks Good on You, Healing the Soul Wounds of Toxic Love. And so, you know, I worked with my agent quite a bit during this process. And even though I thought I had a pretty sound platform at the time, uh, you know, I think I had 8,000 subscribers on my newsletter. Now I have, I'm approaching 20,000. He still wasn't able to find me a contract, Mm -hmm. but I I couldn't let go of this book. You know, it's like, I, I have to publish it. And so because my first book was published by a traditional house and after a few years, I ended up buying my rights back. I thought, "Eh, how hard can this self-publishing thing be? (laughs) (laughs) Not realizing that the first time I did this, they handed me over all of the files, all the interior layout, everything. All I had to do was just switch it over. And I had no idea what I was in for. You know, I'm kind of a DIYer and I really like that. So right when I was getting ready to do the interior layout, I thought, I'm going to try to learn how to use InDesign. And so I watched all these videos and I thought, 
I'm going to do this. And, and it was kind of fun. Actually, it was a lot harder than I thought, but I finally got it done. And all I had to do was get it, you know, translated to the Kindle version, whatever that is. And, um, <laughs> I just got exasperated and couldn't figure it out. But I have a great mastermind team <laughs> that have published many books. And, and Misty said, I'll do it for you. It'll take me 10 minutes. Guess what? <laughs> she couldn't even figure it out. Oh, no. And so I decided, okay, I'm too invested in this. I can't stop now. I'm going to hire somebody to do it. And I researched on Readsy and found somebody that looked like they knew their stuff. And every revision that he gave me, I, I think maybe he was using somebody on Fiverr, but I, I was so far into the project that I was, I didn't want to call him on the carpet because I needed to get this book done. But we, we went through 10 revisions. Like every time wow. he sent me the files back, I had to proof it. Like he oh. should have proofed it. He should have eyeballed everything. And so I was getting so frustrated. So that was one thing. And then the cover design. The image that the cover designer chose didn't really translate when you expanded it to fit onto the back cover and all that. But I'd already chosen this image. And it was just a huge learning curve. But finally got it done. <laughs> So those are some of the things I um if I had to do it again, I would first of all have to wait a year or two <laughs> so I could um, get my energy back for, the, you know, time heals all wounds. So they say <laughs> maybe the, the absence, the, the time frame will make me forget the hard journey that it was. Right. Because, you know, here you are starting thinking that this is going to be traditionally published. I, I remember those, you know, when you were talking about that and all of a sudden the disappointment of that. And then what do you do now? You've turned into more than a, an author at that point. Right. You had a story to share and you had a message to share. And suddenly you're being put into, you know, around peg into a square hole that you'd never thought, you know, now I'm a publisher. Now I have to figure out what to do with right. this, you know, this, that, and the other thing. How does that, how did you stay connected to God through those kinds of frustrations, through that kind of disappointments, or just the constant nibbling away? Um, I know that there were lots of other little hassles along the way. How did you, how did you cope? How did you stay close to God through those kinds of things? Reminding myself of how God had been faithful in the past, you know, and realizing and reminding myself and renewing my mind, taking those thoughts captive. Oh, I'm a failure. Because, you know, social media tells us that success equates to dollars and followers right. and learning how to renew my mind. That's not what success is. Um, one day the Lord told me success is obedience. Yes. And knowing that he would be faithful to complete the work he began in me and surrounding myself with, you know, his word, but also with Jesus with skin on, like my mastermind group that would listen mm -hmm. to me cry and, and encourage me once again, you know, and surrounding myself with writer friends and my critique group and speaker friends that could remind me of the value they saw in me and that really 
I can't do anything in my own strength. And after a while, all of the setbacks became almost comical that I had to wonder, (laughs) is this a divine delay? You know, God's timing is better than ours. You know, I wanted everything to be done so I could finish it and move on to something else. But he has a purpose and a plan and reminding myself that it's okay. I had to trust his timing, not Christy's timing. Don and I, my husband and I, hit so many detours in our life together. This December will be, I think, 41 years that we've been married. And Don likes to say that we've been happily married for 10 years, which isn't bad out of 41. (laughs) 20 years in counseling and so many things happened. We were going to put our house on the market in the week before we got hit by the 100-year flood that collapsed the foundation of our home. And so, you know, two years later, we finally have it on the market. Our mantra has become through our life, God's in control. I may not understand it. I may not even like it, but God's in control. And that's what I have to hold on to. And when you reach the end of what you think you're able to do, when you surrender and say, okay, fine, I can't do this. I cannot, I cannot do this. And you turn it over to God. Therein, again, lies freedom. Because we don't have to do anything beyond what he has equipped us to do. Right. And we can learn from being willing to let go and to say, fine, then show me. Show me what you want me to do. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do you think will be different for you going forward? Like, you know, sooner or later, you'll probably have another book you want to write. Through this experience, how do you think that's going to affect you moving forward as, as a Christ follower, as a writer, as a minister to others? Knowing what I struggled with last time and maybe um, delegating some of that this time, because as a DIYer, sometimes I want to do it all. (laughs) And some of those things are just not worth my time. You know, I'm very artistic, too. And the interior layout for it to look real pretty for me was important. And Erin, you were one of the ones that told me, you won't be happy with Elon because they don't have really pretty pull quotes. And I was like, my book has to be pretty on the inside. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. wait, wait. Now, let me get a disclaimer here. Vellum is amazing and I love it, but I also know Christy. (laughs) And I also know that compared to your last book, that is true. Vellum was not capable of doing the things that your last book had. And and I, I know those were important. So, dear listeners, we are not dissing vellum, <laughs> right? Just, just I use vellum. I love vellum. So, but after it was all said and done, and all the blood, sweat, and tears I did on that interior layout, I looked at a vellum book and I was like, I should have just done it that way. <laughs> So next time around, I don't think I'm going to be so anal. I spent way too much time trying to make it perfect. And really, there's a difference between perfection and excellence. We should strive for excellence, but perfection is unobtainable. And I I think I just, I spent too much time trying to make it perfect when excellence was all I needed. Hmm. So why did you feel it so necessary to publish this book? So necessary that you went through all this stuff? Because it was um, the freedom that I found on the other side of my anger and bitterness and the intoxicating joy and freedom that I found. I felt compelled, absolutely compelled that I had to show other women a way to find their own freedom. And because there were, you know, just handfuls of women along the path of, you know, what I call 
my recovery out of relationship addiction and my recovery out of bitterness. I wanted to help other women find their own freedom. And, you know, forgiveness is such a vague concept. Everyone knows we're supposed to forgive, but where's the tip sheet? Like, how do you do it? Like, where are the steps? And I find so many women that forgive, but then the offense keeps coming back over and over and they struggle with maintaining forgiveness. They can't make it stick. And I really felt like there was some prerequisite steps, some um, skill sets that had to be in place before that forgiveness could stick, could be maintained. And that's what I really wanted to help women find their own freedom. And so a few years ago, I started a coaching group that's basically a companion now to the book. But seeing how much freedom these women were finding, I just knew I I can't let this project die in midair. I've got to finish the work. There's a scripture that says, finish the work so that your eager willingness to begin it will be matched by your completion of it. Mm. And that scripture has compelled me to keep going when things looked hard, when rejections came in, when I felt like this is too hard, I had to finish. You know, what I love about this is so often when we know that we're doing something that God wants us to do, when we know that we're on a task that God has clearly given us and that passion for it is in our heart, we expect because this is something of God and from God, we expect that everything will go according to plan. Because this is God's thing for us. And but we easy. were just yeah, we were just reading our devotion at the streams of the desert today. And one of the things that it said is that expect to be in the hard places, that the iron in our spiritual understanding and our spiritual soul doesn't come from easy times, it comes from the hard times. And we need to be ready to go through those difficult times because that's what refines us and that's what makes us more of a reflection of Christ. Christ did not have an easy time. We as his followers will not have an easy time, but hallelujah, God is with us in the midst of it all. And we don't have to worry about having all the answers. We don't have to worry about being able to do it all. We only have to be obedient. Like you said at the beginning of the podcast, success is obedience. When we're able to let go of all those pieces and just trust God to put them together, which he does. I'm so amazed by the way that things worked out. But he puts it all together and we go along for the ride and we can glorify him then when that book is finally done and when it's out and when it's blessing people, we can look at that and say, this this was God's path for me and I have become stronger in him and my spiritual life has more iron in it because of it. Right. Uh, I often say between every dream and destiny, we have to go through the desert. Yes, <laughs> There's you a know desert what else, in the middle, but that's where God refines us and strengthens us. He even, God even sent Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And that word tempted doesn't mean tempted by sin. It means to be proved genuine. Right. So it's in that desert, in that wilderness season, and we can't go around it. We have to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, not just, Chrissy, you didn't just go through the, the valley of all of your trials, though, like 
before you ever thought of writing a book. You know, you went to, to this deep place and had these experiences and needing to learn how to forgive. And then it's like, once you have this solution, you're like, okay, now I need to help other people. Well, guess what? That's, that's where writers were like, it shouldn't be, we've got the solution. It should be easy now. But you still, just getting that message out is a difficult path. And I think that's what we forget sometimes, that we've been through a difficult path and it's still going to be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just that publication process. We can't, we can't presume that's going to be easy, but it's so worth it. Amen. Right, right. Yeah. Therein lies the beauty of surrendering to God and moving forward with him rather than trying to do it on our own is that the end result, whether it's to refine us or to refine the people who are, are reading what we've written or participating in the studies, all of that is in God's hands and he will use it all to glorify himself. And mm -hmm. what an honor to be a part of that process and glorifying him. Right. Right. Well, Christy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a delight to talk with you. Thank you for the wisdom that you've shared with our listeners. Yes. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for having me on. Writers are my my tribe. Yeah. <laughs> so listen in, tribe. When you face the hard times and when it seems like everything is working against you, I know it's counterintuitive, but rejoice because you're on your path to refinement. You're on your path to that end result that God has for you, for your readers, and for all of those around you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm -hmm.